Hey folks, it's us, podcasting wonderkins John Bishop and Lucas Southworth. Although this is a podcast about cars, it is not age-appropriate for the target demographic of these films, as we usually end up talking about the reproductive organs of Lightning McQueen. Alright, now let's take a look under the hood. Welcome to Cars Theory, the only podcast brave enough to ask the question, hey, what's up with cars? You may be asking yourself, hey, isn't that that other thing? And no, it's not. It's us. We're the thing. All bets are off. And I'm Lucas Southworth. John Bishop. True. It's the Kachat. We're not Cars Theory. It's not that. <laughs> we might John as well lied. be. I we mean, might as well be. Ostensibly, we are, in fact, Cars Theory, but like the name of the show is the Kachat. <laughs> If you were True. confused by what John just did. <laughs> now, Lucas, why did I just do that? Because uh, we're talking about like a movie, uh, like a movie that isn't Cars. No, it's because I'm upset, but that's a better reason. Okay. Well, why are you upset? Because it's been a week and food theory is still a thing. I don't know what you're referring to, man. I don't, I don't, I'm not like subscribed to that channel. <laughs> so, so good old Matt Pat, Matthew sure. Patrick, he... <laughs> He done did a third show, and it's food theory. And I get wanting to make a show or a channel about something you love, but but food's not media. That's like if someone were to take something really minute, like a, a single concept or like one movie or one franchise even, and just talk sure. for like 60 hours about it and not even... Maybe more. Not even blink an eye. Yeah. So let's talk about cars. Yeah, like uh, we do got to get back into cars because this isn't the Machat, uh, the Matt chat. Uh. <laughs> That's so good, and I don't even think that was like the intention behind it, but it's so good. <laughs> Thank you, I appreciate it. But yeah, this week we're doing another Orange Gin story. Uh, <laughs> very, I'm very excited about this one. I can't speak for John. But... I'm something. This one was both suggested by uh, one of the listeners, uh, being Caden, of course. Thank you always to Caden, mm-hmm. who uh, is always willing to participate, and that's great. Uh, it was also one of the first ones I thought of, just because, I don't know, when we start talking about it, there's a pretty direct line here. And that movie is, of course, the movie Rubber. Oh, I, I love that movie. The one with the little green guy? No. No, that, that I think you're making a joke about the movie Flubber, perchance. Oh, shoot. But no, Rubber is a movie about a tire that murders people. Spoilers for Rubber, I guess. But right. you saw the title and understand the concept of the show. You know what that means, Lucas? It's time for our recurring joke that we've done for a few episodes. Uh-huh. It's uh, time for us to take a, a short break so I can pretend to watch uh, the movie. Got it. Because I definitely, in this uh, joke, watched Flubber instead. Sure, 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 sure. All right, Go. so yeah, I'll be back in an hour and 25 minutes. 
Yep, and while he's gone, I'll just say, if you want to watch the movie before, like, pause, watch the movie, do that. I will just do a quick warning. It's fairly gory slash bloody, so if that's not really your thing, feel free to listen to us poorly explain it. It's so hard to explain, but you'll get the same experience of watching it. It's hard to understand while watching it, too. Uh, and now I've cut. Uh, hour 25 minutes later. John, what'd you think? That was insane. It's a weird little movie, huh? Like, I was expecting just your uh, general movie that's like, oh, this is a strange concept. And then, no, the whole thing was the strange concept, but it wasn't the movie about a strange concept. It was a movie about a movie about a strange concept (laughs) with a definite direct sequel allowable and also extreme meta commentary but like it's not even meta commentary because it's direct commentary because it's in the movie yeah and also when you were uh talking and i was watching the movie and definitely not just listening to you uh give that a content warning sure. i was well I, I i'm a little tired right now so i will say that uh when you were about to say if you want to watch it i didn't think about content warning or anything like reasonable i thought you were going to say hey just a warning there are so many commercials on Crackle. No, I wasn't going to say that. Is that the service with which you used to watch Rubber? It is. If you're using it on your phone, just a warning, you can't do anything else with your phone or pause or try and change the anything because it will send you back and make you watch more commercials. It will punish you heavily. Woof. Did you watch this movie fully on your phone? Mm-hmm. Oh, that must be an even weirder experience. Yes. Not as weird as watching it through binoculars, though. No, yeah, which which is the experience of the in-universe audience for the movie within the movie. Uh, I will say, real quick, just before we get into it, you did mention a direct sequel to, to Cars is very possible. I'm almost worried about this one, that it's too easy to get to Cars. Do you feel similarly? Um... Well, let's look at it this way. Uh, the movie is about... Okay, the movie within the movie is about a a tire that gains some strange amount of psychokinetic powers yep. and sentience and will. And then he spends the movie going on various forms of rampage and learning about human culture. Yeah, it's... And there are so many tiny details that... And, like, larger details, especially in, like, the last five minutes of the movie. Oh, man. It's it's going, it's going not going to be... It's not going to be, like, Pacific Rim, where we were like, okay, we've got to turn a few corners here. It's a straight line, folks. Oh, yeah. it At the very end of the movie, spoiler alert, uh, yeah. he does then possess a vehicle, which was a tricycle, and then he did raise an army of brethren of tires. So yeah, he... Clearly, there's some sort of strange spiritual connection that allows them to just take over the universe. Yeah, he fully reincarnates from a tire into a tricycle at the end of the movie and becomes more powerful after he does so. It's 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 all there. But we've gotten a bit of a, a bit ahead of ourselves, I will say. So, yeah, as we were saying, the movie has a lot of like meta commentary or John as John correctly put it just direct commentary uh it opens with you know well first it opens with a guy in a car who hits a series of chairs 
And then a man gets out of the trunk and <laughs> delivers a monologue about how things in movies have no meaning, uh, which is very much directly antithetical to this podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I noticed while it, it felt very stark while I was watching it for content for this podcast, watching this movie for meaning for content for this podcast. And there's a guy who gives a bunch of binoculars to people uh, and they set to work watching a tire gain sentience. Now, let's be clear. The people who set to work watching the tire gain sentience are not the man who gave the uh, strange monologue about the meaninglessness of uh, movies, life, the universe, and everything. Or the man who began the movie just holding so many pairs of binoculars. No, it's specifically a ragtag group of stereotypical media consumers uh and and then this one one old man who we can talk about later yeah we're gonna talk about him uh if you've watched community neil from community is one of the one of the ones who speaks up more than the others which is i don't know kind of fun but i don't even know where to begin man (laughs) i know where to begin yeah go right ahead then wherever we want because nothing has reason yeah this is fully like I'm going to use the word absurdist. I don't know if that it fits the actual definition of it. Lucas, why can't we see the wind? No because reason. No reason, man. No reason. <laughs> yeah, Lucas, it's, there's it's no a, reason. There's no reason. It's kind of, kind of the overarching theme. Because I think this guy was like, I want to make a movie about a tire who comes to life and kills people. And I don't want people to ask me why. So I'm going to put this lengthy monologue right at the top about how movies have no meaning. Oh, but Lucas, I think you're missing the point. That's that's not that's not the point, Lucas. The point is that everything has reason. Yeah, the tire does go off the rails. Uh he the story continues even though he doesn't want it to. There's sort of like a death of the author sort of theme there towards the end, I'll say, that In I think is actually very interesting. In the monologue, it sets up the absurdist nature of the movie while also pointing out that the absurdist point of view is in and of itself ridiculous and ignorant. Sure. Because in the monologue itself, he will point out examples of things that you could say, oh yeah, like that. But he keeps going to the point where it's obviously just ridiculous and stupid and willfully ignorant. He even goes so far as to say, in the movie about JFK, why was the president killed by that stranger? He doesn't say in the real world. Mm. He's referring to a movie about real world events. He, at least once or twice, I'm fairly certain twice, if not more, gives examples of things that have very specific, well-known reasons. Why did that happen in that movie? Because that was a real-world event that happened. Of course, there's a reason for that. Why can't we see the wind? There is a scientific explanation for that. The whole point of that monologue was to establish the idea of, okay, so this movie's not going to make sense, but just because you don't understand why it was made doesn't mean there isn't a reason for it to exist. It's just that you don't want to think about the fact that 
sometimes you're not going to get it. Yeah, and I mean, even the stuff, like the stuff like, why is E.T. Brown? Why don't we see the people in, I think, Texas Chainsaw Massacre go to the bathroom? Like, those don't have, like, story reasons, but, like, the reason E.T. is brown is because a lot of people spent a lot of time designing him, and they decided brown was the best color. The reason you don't see the people going to the bathroom in Texas Chainsaw Massacre is because why would they show that? It's not interesting. It's not relevant to the plot. Like, it does have a reason even within the no reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think I think you're absolutely right that that's some weird commentary that this director is giving us. It's It's commentary that's direct so as to not be direct. It's very intentionally making fun of the idea of asking questions that you shouldn't be asking because there are important questions. It's important to ask questions, but even later on, other characters in this film keep asking questions without actually enjoying or experiencing the media that they are consuming. And there are people (laughs) in that conversation who point out, Hey, just shut up and watch it. Just, just listen, just experience this film and stop distracting everyone by adding your own voice in unnecessarily. And the whole point of that meta commentary on top of direct commentary that is mocking meta commentary is just this weird intentional subversion of, hey, there's a such thing as thinking not enough about something and a such thing as thinking way too much about something. And a lot of people don't know the difference. Yeah. So let's let's think too much about this. But we know we're doing it, I guess. (laughs) Okay, so... I I don't know how, like, how much of the plot we need to tell you of this movie. The tire, like, murders some birds in the desert and then falls in love with a human woman, maybe, or becomes, like, obsessed with her, kills some people, gets thrown into a pool. The movie's supposed to end, but a guy didn't die from a poison. The spectators get poisoned halfway through. Uh, but one of them doesn't eat it. Uh, And the movie goes on, even though they don't really have an idea of what they should be doing now. And then like the, the end, the guy gets mad and goes and shoots the tire, but comes back as a tricycle. Mm -hmm. That's, that's like the basics of it. Again, there's like some minutia we're going to get into, but that I think that about sums up the important bits. Okay. So movie within a movie, a tire comes to life. Uh, and then learns that it has the ability to crush things that bother it and learns to hate the human race because it sees how we treat discarded tires. Yeah. And then it kills pretty much everyone. Yeah. Like at first they're all revenge killings. I'll say like someone hits it with a car. So it kills that guy. Someone like tosses it out of its room. So it kills that person and it goes on sort of like that. But then, like, right towards the end of the movie, it sees, like, a mass tire burning, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, which is a very funny scene. All of the scenes are very funny to me, uh, if I'm being honest, Uh, of just a tire. It doesn't have eyes or anything. It's just a tire watching the tire burning, but then its killings become seemingly random Mm -hmm. or a revenge killing against all of humankind, maybe. 
Okay, so that's the movie within a movie. If you like were on Netflix a little while ago and you saw that Rubber was on there and it and you read the description of the movie, that's the movie description. Is the movie within a movie is described as oh, a car tire comes to life and destroys a bunch of people. But the actual movie is a movie about like the industry of making movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I feel like we haven't talked about cars. We fully haven't, and we've been recording for 20 minutes. I'll probably cut this part down a little bit, if I'm being honest. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we should start doing that, I would say. All right, so this episode's supposed to be an origin story. Yeah, and there's no theorizing I've... to do. Yeah, it's, it's right in front of us. Like, the, I don't know how many logical leaps we will need to make. I have written down a few bigger ones like more specific ones, just because getting from rubber to cars is not, honest to God, not that hard. It's it's like they did it for us. Yeah. The end of the movie is just tires and other vehicle that is leading them just ascending. It's Rise of the Planet of the Apes, but all in like 30 seconds of a film. Yeah, the tire is shown to be able to, when it is destroyed, or maybe even at will, it will move up in vehicles, so that's how we get to cars and other vehicles. How do we get more cars? It either like infected or awakened other tires, which we can assume will have the same journey as it of reincarnating as other things. Where did the humans go? It's clearly on a murderous rampage against all humans. Yep. It also really wants to learn about human culture for some reason. Yeah, I, I wrote that down there like, two or three different scenes where it's shown that the tire is just watching TV for hours at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's how they become more human, I would say. Or one, more... of its, one of its first things that it does is it spends an entire night watching TV at max volume. Yeah, it fully, again, this is a tire. It's a tire. But it seems fascinated, like very obsessed and engrossed in learning about what society is learning what it could be Mm -hmm. yep so we already have uh some sort of spirit inhabiting a tire that goes on to inhabit a vehicle that is more complex uh we already have mental abilities that would allow it to interact with the world such as psychokinesis which is it's just telekinesis it's the same thing that's that's the point of that whole yeah. scene, and it's frustrating because, ugh. ugh. All right, so it's got uh, yeah. There's, a, there's a scene of a nerd being pedantic, it's... and if yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, so there's which uh, is even. D- don't you often say that the cars might have telekinesis? Yeah, that's, okay. That's that's what I was getting to with that. Uh, we've got it being interested in culture, moving around interacting with people and places and things and whatnot the world is already established but you know with this strange escalation in power maybe it's going to warp the world to be more fitting to its uh, desires we've got behaviors that don't make sense for a car but are replicated from humans so there's that like the best scene in the entire film which is when (laughs) The cleaning lady walks in 
and pulls the curtain back and the tire is taking a shower. <laughs> it's a good scene. <laughs> she gets understandably upset about it. Mm-hmm. I would be. Yep. Especially because there's just a bunch of tire tracks all over the sheets that she has to clean now. So if we can get to these larger aspects so easily, I think we got to focus in on specifics. The, uh, the car tire breathes. It does breathe, which is something we've pointed out. We we have pointed out like, oh, these cars do have to breathe. They mentioned suffocation. Uh, they pass out. They have breathing apparatus uh, when they go underwater. So but it goes that's there. That's one strange thing is it does breathe. You can see it like inhaling and exhaling very early on. But also it just stayed in the pool for like a day. So it doesn't need to breathe. Yeah, yeah. It also Which... shakes when it's stressed and using its psychokinetic powers. Yeah, which shows, like, physical strain, which is mm -hmm. something we've been confused about in the Cars first. It lines up there. There's yeah. uh, conservation of mass throughout the whole thing, where it has trouble using just the tire body to actually, like, break a bottle. Yeah, that... Can, real quick, I'm just not sure when I'll get to say this, and I want to say what my favorite... I've watched this movie. This was maybe my fourth or fifth time watching this movie. Oh boy. Yeah. Part of that is because, and I think this will probably surprise you. Liz just really loves it. What? Yes. My girlfriend, Liz, who, you know, is a huge fan of the movie rubber. <laughs> she uh, a finds it very, very funny, which I agree with uh, part. I think a lot of it's intentional. Some of it is unintentional. B thinks it's uh, no reason, nothing matters, is sort of fun to think about. And C, one of my things, one of my favorites is, she really loves it when the tire gets mad and shakes. <laughs> she thinks it's very, very fun and funny. Good. Good. <laughs> yeah. But one of my personal favorite ways to watch it is, they do have a, a mechanism in the tire to make it move a lot for a lot of the shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I read about a little bit, but I have to imagine for a lot of the shots, uh, you can just imagine there. It's like they don't have the mechanism, and just off screen you have like a PA just roll a tire. Yep. And that's 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 just a very fun thing to think about if you do go ahead and watch this movie is to think how many times there are also ones where the the camera gets very close to the tire and you can't yeah. see the back of it. So you can imagine someone's just going behind and pushing it every once in a while, which is mm -hmm. very fun. It like there are scenes like that. There are scenes where the tires just kind of there and like the good old classic horror scene of, oh, you see them in the background. <laughs> yes. The uh, tire. It's so good. The tire's funny. It's a funny movie. Would you agree with that? It is described as a horror comedy. So sure. Yeah. I I I genuinely really like this movie. Uh, I will say, in a non-ironic sense, like I couldn't enjoy the room. I couldn't. It was like a lot of people say that it's so bad that it's good. I feel like the room is so bad that it's obviously trying to be so bad that it's good, and that just makes it bad. But with this one, it's not bad it's very very specific and it's i like weird. that yes yeah 
Like, it's a very well-made movie about what it's supposed to be. So, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It's, it's the type of movie you could bring to a so bad it's good, like, movie party. It's not, it doesn't fully fit that, but it's so close that, like, it works for it's that, got that sort feeling of thing. Of it. Like yeah. it's it's a movie you want to watch with your friends to like laugh at, but at the same time, that's the point. And yeah, it, it's in a very it's good weird. execution for that. It it's not bad, but it feels bad because it's so weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but anyway, like I was saying, I think we need to dive into super specifics, like super specific lines to draw. Okay, and. My my biggest one here is I think the tire whose name in the movie is in fact Robert. They never say that, but I looked it up and his na- he has a name and it's Robert. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. I think that Robert is Mater. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, for the uh, sake of the audience, I'm just going to have you explain that to me, even though it's it's very clear what you mean. So we go on and on in this show about how powerful Mater is because of all of the events of Mater's Tall Tales. Uh, he clearly, in those, has some sort of powers and is like, if you look into it the way we do, kind of implied to be the center of this universe. Would you say that's a good descriptor? Absolutely. Okay. It's it's not necessarily that he leads or anything. It's just that the world kind of happens around him. Yes, which is why I think it would make so much sense for Mater to have been the first tire. Okay. Uh, he's the center of the universe. He has this desire to become more and more human or sentient, uh, which would potentially, hopefully, quell his more murderous instincts. <laughs> but his, he uh, has... His progression from being a child who murders small animals to being just a straight-up murderer? Yes. In this reading, Mater has a giant body count, but... The entire human all... race, even. Potentially. Some of the other tires could have done it, but who knows? He is also shown to, okay, when he's a tire, he, when he kills people, he blows up their head. When mm-hmm. he evolves into or reincarnates or whatever happens into a tricycle uh, and kills the last of the spectators, he blows up the guy's entire body. Mm-hmm. But what does he leave? He leaves the wheelchair. He leaves the wheelchair. Which I will say probably intentional. It's very clearly shown that every time he reincarnates, he gets more powerful. So by the time he's a car, who knows what his powers will be able to do. Okay. And it's not shown that the other tires that are awakened have any sort of psychic abilities. Like, they very well might, but... It might be implied by their ability to move. Yes, but they don't... It's not shown... They don't, like, blow anything up which they very well may be able to do. Probably the movie is implying they can do that, but we don't see it. Uh, so I would at least assume that their powers are not as great as Robert slash Mater. Mm-hmm. So are we saying that 
Mater's real name is Robert. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Here's a theory we can throw in there. Okay. When do all of the tires rise? Once Robert has reincarnated as a tricycle, uh, right at the end of the movie, as he is driving to, as he is riding on the way to Hollywood. After he makes a ritualistic blood sacrifice of a man who is also tied to his chair with wheels. Yeah. He bridged the connection by making a sacrifice of a creature that was both man and car. Okay. Yeah. But he didn't do that to give life to these tires. He did that in order to channel life into these tires. Now, how how many people did this tire kill? I don't know off the top of my head. If I'd have to guess, there are maybe 15 to 18 shown would be my estimate. I would estimate far greater than that, because what it seems to imply is that he killed every single member of that town. No, yeah, I'm, I'm saying body shown, but yeah, okay. I think it's implied to be higher than that. So my estimation is he makes the sacrifice after ascending into a higher form in order to channel all of the souls into these tires. The souls which, of the people he's killed? Yes. Okay. Which goes into the theory of, all right, we've seen at least one person at the beginning of the movie have their head exploded inside of a vehicle. That's true. Perhaps that's a part of the evolution. A lot of the future murders are going to be people who are driving their vehicles. And that can become, like, the first cars, the first people in this universe are the souls that were so directly tied to the vehicle that they are put into that they maintain their personality. Because it's hard to say that any of these tires or the tricycle have their previous soul's personality. But maybe the ones killed inside of the vehicles are the only ones that can retain personality. Yeah, I think that's... I think that's fair. This might explain Mater's personality. Because in these movies, he's far more of an animated like caricature of a person when compared to most other vehicles. He is a vehicle that seems to be what uh, a strange creature with uh, supernatural powers might interpret as a person after only ever seeing things from TV. Yeah, okay. I think that's fair enough. I think, do we ever see any other tow trucks that you know of in the Carsverse? Uh, I, none that come to the top of my head. I can't think of any. I'm sure we're going to say something incorrect, but I'm going to go ahead and assert that Mater is the only tow, tow truck we see. Maybe if if Mater is Robert, the first of the sentient vehicles, maybe he's been reincarnated like more and more times than the other cars. Like maybe tow truck is like this ultimate power form uh, that seems very similar uh, to like a car, but is actually many, many, many reincarnations above them uh, in maybe. a similar way of like the Greek gods are seen as like very powerful, but humanoid. So mm -hmm. like similar uh, but in like, I, I don't know. I, I think, I think Mater, I really like Robert is Mater, man. All right. So Robert is Mater. 
and he is the highest form of evolution of this world, which explains a few things about the timeline. He is the highest evolution of his form, and he wants to not be alone. That's something that's explored throughout the movie Rubber and throughout the movie of Cars. He's afraid of being alone. So that would explain why he's one of the vehicles that has stayed in his body as long as he has. Because for his body, he's just covered in rust. We know he used to be a shiny, pristine blue, but he doesn't want to evolve even further beyond all of the other vehicles. So he stays in his body, which is in some way hurting him because his body is aging and he's holding it together. But he doesn't want to ostracize himself from his friends. Yeah, I, th I think that's a really good way to look at it. I think it also links in with maybe my favorite and dumbest piece of evidence that Robert might be Mater is that both have a bit of... They're both kind of perverts. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Robert uh, seems to be obsessed with this human woman uh, who he sees early in the film. It's heavily implied to be lust for this human woman, which is wild. Uh, in a few uh, scenes, but the... Almost directly stated when a character or two says maybe she'll give him or start with a blowjob. Yeah, that is how the spectators of the movie within the movie uh, characterize it. So we're not alone in thinking that way. But he also watches her like undress and get into the shower. He's a pervert. Which... He's a sexual deviant. And by blowjob, do they... Are they making a joke about blowing up a tire? Now that, that may be what they were doing there. I don't know for sure, but they said blowjob specifically, so I'm going to say yes, that that was what they were going for. Okay, good. If, real quick, if you don't know why I'm saying uh, Mater is a sexual deviant, it's because he, in all of the Mater's tall tales, he transforms Mia and Tia into like, uh, come and be like, oh, Mater, you're so strong, or into literal dog people or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, so we have fully asserted that Mater is a pervert. It's yes, canon. and uh, throughout all of the movies, he makes subtle con uh, comments like, oh, she just likes me for my body. Yeah, even within the movies, there's a little bit. So, And also, his entire job is to uh, grab people in sensitive areas. Uh, hmm. I, I didn't realize that part of it. That's not great. That his job is to grab people in uncomfortable areas and drag them against their will it's not great it's not great sometimes sometimes with their permission and even request but not in lightning mcqueen's case not in that specific scene no mm -hmm. one last one last piece uh of in like very specific evidence that i think robert might be mater i do is, have do you... one last piece okay it may be the, la the same one who knows uh, do you remember what the very last thing it's shown he's watching on TV is? I do not. He's watching a NASCAR race. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that now. And I oh, think boy. probably within the movie itself, the implication is, oh, he's watching these tires be subjected to this and he's very upset about it. But mm -hmm. maybe <laughs> the implication is, I sure do like racing. 
I would love to have a friend who's a big racer guy one day. Maybe it was him seeing that he could be a part of a bigger vehicle. Yeah. Who knows? Who? You know? Who knows? My example was uh, in the early draft of Time Travel Mater. When Mater goes back in time, what does he see? Yeah, in the in the scrapped version of Time Travel Mater, he goes back in time to dinosaur times, and people are in fact stone wheels. The the first people, in the eyes of this supreme being who can travel through time and warp reality, was a tire. Yeah, and who knows if he's actually traveling through time there? Maybe he's he just could... changing the present to suit his whims. Yeah, he is, he is play acting. As if he's time-traveled, we've seen him consume a lot of human media, so we know he would have the concept of time travel and what it should look like. And there's always a scene where they go back too far and they're in dinosaur times. And he's like, okay, so there's dinosaurs, check. And I need like a first people. First people were tires, so here we go. What was I first? I was a tire, so first people must be tires. Yeah, which not, I don't think... I'm not sure how many other... Do you think that Car Society remembers being tires outside of uh, Mater slash Robert? I think that there is like a small connection there, but it's more of a spiritual idea rather than any sort of memory. And that's just like in Cars 3 when they say, have you named your tires? They are a part of you. It's the idea of a spiritual connection to tires. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they come together like a magneton. Uh, yes. <laughs> Tug trio. Yeah, I'm really happy with Mater as Robert. Do you think there's there's much more on that? On that. Well, the woman that he seems to be obsessed with, I believe she's French. Yes. In the second movie, does Mater not have something about, I don't know, a strange experience with a French woman? He does have a experience with a French woman whose eyes are where uh, in their headlights. And the inside of the vehicle is empty. Completely empty. Okay, so he sees a French woman as being strange and scary and different for some reason in a way that, I don't know, might imply that he is seeing this woman as a different kind of vehicle, a different kind of being, in a vehicle that some might say in some way could resemble the same vehicle that she was in, in rubber. It's not dissimilar. I, th- I yeah. I'm, I'm wondering if maybe made her, if Robert made her punished her for rejecting him and turning against him in this movie by putting her in this body not only that but he wants to like ignore that part of his life which implies that the fear he feels is not at seeing this strange monster of a woman that he has created but of being reminded that he created her yeah he is startled but He's immediately startled, but then he's uncomfortable. It doesn't seem like he's afraid after the initial shock. So, But he clearly wants to leave. He wants to get out of that situation that reminds him of his sins. Yeah, so I'm one... Yeah, I think 
Robert Mater in his many, many reincarnations has probably grown, has become remorseful for their early days of sentience. For the early days of sentience, but also, this is a woman that he was clearly obsessed with. Maybe Robert granted her a strange form of immortality and cursed her to be hideous to the other people around so that only he can be with her. Only he can own her in this sick, sick way. She can never die. She is stuck there forever. But no one else is going to want her because he has made her intentionally deformed. That's pretty heavy, man. I, I, I mean, I said basically the same thing, but less explained. So I, I agree with you, obviously. Ugh. Uh, Mater is oh a murderer, a mass murderer. <laughs> I would be shocked if that's the first time we've implied that. But man, I don't think it gets easier. Okay. We ready to move on from from Mater Robert? All right, let's let's move on from that. Uh, I we fully accept that this is a direct prequel. Yeah. All right. Whether or not this is the prequel, this was definitely a movie made. Whatever intention you're going to say it was made for, it was clearly made to be a prequel to Cars. And I will say it was also very clearly made as a statement about you should be able to interpret movies however you want also there is meaning inherent in movies but you can also find meaning in movies Mm -hmm. is i think a big uh part of it so yeah i think that us saying that this is a prequel to cars the director would be like you know what sure (laughs) why not it could be whatever you want it to be all right uh but definitely a prequel i do want to dive in on one thing it's the question from Liz. I am curious. Did you make Lizzie watch this with you? No. That's fair enough. This question from Liz, uh, if you don't know, if you couldn't gain from that, uh, both of our significant others are named Elizabeth. They ask us questions. That's We don't tell you which is which, except we fully have this time. Uh, that's the joke. <laughs> but this one's a bit more general than usual. Liz wants to know about the spectators, where the spectators fit in. If we take it, if we we've been talking about the movie within the movie becoming cars a lot, but the movie and the movie within the movie interact in a lot of ways, like very directly the tire kills the last of the spectators. So how do the spectators fit in with the evolution to cars? Well, perhaps the spectators are all the first tires. I could dig that. Yeah. Uh, the the sacrifice of the last spectator is what triggers all of the souls going into the tires, but the the souls that were able to be put into the tires were all the spectators' souls. I like that a lot. I have it's a pretty meta theory for a pretty meta movie, so I think it's appropriate. Okay. Feel free to reject it out of hand. But obviously the implication is the spectators are like consumers, who people who consume media and movies. Mm-hmm. If we take that very literally and not metaf- metaphorically, what if now we're the spectators? And like, obviously the spectators were in fact a metaphor for us. But what if the movie within a movie became Cars 
and the spectator universe movie became just our universe. Is that anything? I'm confused by the uh, levels within this construct. Are you saying that the spectators in the movie, the first level of movie, are now us? Or are we now them? (laughs) Gosh. Uh, I guess I'm saying that if... That maybe they've devised this system for people to observe the tire, right? Within the movie. I'm getting real literal here and saying, what if as the tire evolves, the system with which to observe the tire also evolves to the point... I I know this makes no sense. <laughs> Try to go off the right with me. I it can seems feel like, it not making sense. It seems like you're going for the film's ending being exactly what it was implied to be. Yes. The statement of, oh, no, I'm just a spectator. Don't kill me. Just keep going. And that's not what happens. Obviously, the man gets blown to pieces. It's, it shows an evolution of this tire has grown too powerful to be contained by its own film. Meaning that as spectators of this film within a film, the second level has already been destroyed. So it's not a film within a film. It's now just a film. And the movie then has become, okay, so now you, Lucas, and me, John, we are now spectators of a film about a killer tire. Yes. As they have killed the middle layer. Which does mean that definitely that tricycle is going to amass an army and kill us, and then whoever's watching us needs to be worried. That is the exact point I wanted to get to by making this incredible leap of logic. Not that the tricycle was going to come kill us, but because... If anyone is the man who, like, sticks around after being poisoned uh, and really looks for meaning within the movie where there isn't really any, uh, it's us. <laughs> it's John and I. So the point I wanted to get to is that Tomater is going to invade our universe and murder us yes. with his terrible, terrible powers is what I was trying to get get to. That <laughs> Well... Um, we have evidence that there is a Tomater slash Robert in our world. Okay. He, he's in Carsland. Okay. Yeah. He's already got a body. Oof. That's not great. And we gave it to him. And you know what? If he happens to inhabit it. that body, specifically on Halloween, we've created Vampire Mater. Oh, no. John, we have to go to Carsland at some point. <laughs> But I'm so afraid now. As well, you should be. (laughs) We all should be. Yes, we should. (sighs) It's the first time that one of the thought spirals has made me genuinely distressed on the show in a little bit. Like, I don't think that Mater is going to come into existence and murder me. But just thinking about it too much has made me a bit genuinely distressed. (laughs) Okay. Fair and reasonable. You know, that's that's the risk you take. Everyone says the risk you take when you start a Cars, cars First, Cars cast is that eventually you will become paranoid that Mater's trying to kill you. And I didn't believe him. 
See, but, Lucas, that's not true at all. It's not a risk. It's a guarantee. <laughs> okay, sure, sure. You sure, sign sure, the contract. Sure. If you read the, the contract, you'll see very blatantly it says, this will happen. Yeah. Hire a lawyer if you have to sign a contract, you know? They, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll catch that. They'll catch that, those kind of things. Yeah, they'll, they'll catch the demonic implications. Doesn't mean they're going to like share them with you, but they'll catch them. Mm. Someone should. All right. Neat. You got stuff about the movie Rubber vis-a-vis the movie Cars? Lucas, we see so many explosions in the Cars movies. Sure. What if that's just them, like, devolving? What if the reason that Cars 2 is about a crazy guy who wants to blow everyone up is because he misses the good old days? I mean, yeah, what if he's... What? He's harnessed a beam that can do what good old tires can do. He misses uh, it. That's a lot. He just wants to go back to the good old days where we would hunt and kill humans by blowing them up, but there aren't no more humans, so I'm just going to blow up people. Yeah, and I would say that's maybe supported, like, you know, if I'm assuming the only one who's really evolved into, like, enlightenment is Mater and everyone else is at a fairly equal playing ground, maybe a few reincarnations above or below each other. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Crazy statement, I just said. Sometimes you hear what you've just said, uh, and imagine if a person who doesn't regularly listen to this podcast heard it. But anyway, so I'm imagining that even if they still have latent uh, psychokinetic powers, they wouldn't really be able to affect each other because they are at similar power levels with them. Mm -hmm. So they have to make a beam that focuses them and put a special fuel that is very reactive to these powers to get back to that point where they can, you know, here I go killing again. Or Lucas, let's think about it this way. What did they blow up? The first thing Robert runs into, it does not blow up. It's a it's a plastic bottle. Yes. Second thing was a glass bottle. Yes. He blew up the glass bottle. Later on, he blows up people's heads. Eventually, he blows up a person's body within a chair. But he doesn't blow up the chair. Oh, no, John. What if the psychokinetic powers <sighs> don't work on anything with tires? Are you implying that they're blowing up the squishy bit? It could be the squishy bit, but then what about the beer bottle? Okay. We've seen him blow up animals. Maybe it's plastic and rubber that prevent him from being able to blow things up. Yeah, which would, again, explain why they have to use the special beam. Mm-hmm. A special weird laser beam. To pierce the uh, shielding of plastic and rubber. Which means that their psychokinetic powers are somehow based off of electricity. And in such a strong way that having just some amount of a strong resistor like uh, plastic or rubber can prevent it from affecting you. Yeah, I think that's... I think that's pretty good, bud. All right. Lucas, who has who has electricity-based powers? Uh, Static Shock. No, who, uh, Lightning McQueen. Lightning McQueen. And how how have we discussed him getting those powers? Uh, Tomater gives them to him. Tomater, meaning that Tomater simply grants Lightning the ability to harness the old magics. He enhances his ability much like Apocalypse from X-Men. Mm-hmm. He just enhances oh, him to the Made point where he is... A stronger version of what he used to be able to be. Yeah, Mater's Apocalypse from X-Men. Sorry about it. He is the first mutant. Oh my gosh. That is 
more than I was going for. But yeah, Mater's Apocalypse from X-Men and mm-hmm. also Attire. But not anymore. <laughs> Weird show we do. Okay, I've got two last things I want to do. All right, let's do it. First, and we can skip this if we feel like we've, uh, we've no covered skipping. it. Okay. I was just going to say just general like, hey, do we think this is a good movie? Just like movie thoughts. All right. How many cylinders out of six? I forgot that this is how this is how you do it. I always refuse to do it. I would give it like, I don't know, seven out of ten. It's fine. It's trying to say a lot and it says most of it fine. I think uh, parts of it are a little self-serving. That's a lot of cylinders. I said seven, but yeah, you said seven out of ten. Yes, but I, as I always say, I refuse to do this bit. I don't know why. It's not like that much sillier than anything else we do. I guess it's to be contrary. All right. So seven out of ten, that is equal to an amount. You got it, bud. So good at math. All right. Uh, And I'm going to go with, here's the thing. I think Batman versus Superman is a phenomenal movie, but only within the standard of it is exactly what it was meant to be and a very well-made version of that. And if you don't like dark, gritty, like, uh, Snyder fest, then of course you're going to hate the movie, which means you're not going to rate it highly, but it's an extremely niche, well-made version of that niche. So like within that context, it's like an eight or nine out of 10, but compared to other movies, because so many people are going to dislike that niche, it, you can't really say that. So within the niche, this movie is like a five out of six cylinders, uh, which I guess would relate to probably the same eight or nine out of 10, very good movie for its niche. Otherwise, if you're not looking for that niche, this is not a movie to watch. Yeah, if you don't want an incredibly meta, self-referential, trying to say a lot, but at the same time not trying to say a lot, movie about a tire that murders people, probably just don't check it out. I mm-hmm. I liked it. I will say I like this movie, but if it it's not for everyone, for sure. Yeah, like, having watched it, I'm not going to say I regret it. But I will also say I don't intend on watching it again. More than fair. Uh, so uh, it's either a 5 out of 10 way too niche or a 9 out of 10 exactly what it's supposed to be. Got it. The other thing I want I wanted to do, and I remember mentioning this to you, uh, is for each of the origins, I want to give them two additional ratings. All right. One being how how likely we feel the the progression from that movie to the next one is like regardless of how like partially how well we argued it but like partially like is this like anything ever like is this a thing that could logically happen within the universes yeah like Mm -hmm. not not from a standpoint of oh Though they would never make Pacific Rim a Cars prequel. Like, obviously they would. But within the logic of the movies, could it Mm -hmm. possibly be? But then I want a second one that is how much fun we think the theory is. Does that, like, just like, I don't know. For example, we didn't do this with Pacific Rim. I would give the Pacific Rim one like a 9 out of 10. I really liked, I had a lot of fun. Is that for fun? 
just fun? for fun yes okay for likelihood i would say three or four out of ten if I'm that i'm probably gonna agree with you yeah but for how much fun i think the theory is i'd give it like a nine i really liked that one all right so for likelihood i feel like we're probably going to be agreed on this i think it's a 10 out of 10 i i am fully agreed i think that this is our first uh it's the first time we've rated it and it's kind of why i want to do it i think this one likelihood 10 out of 10 by far it's almost like uncomfortably established to be that it it goes with so many of our like existing theories like cars evolved from this check psycho power so they can move things without hands oh my gosh it it works weirdly well as a prequel to cars weird explanations of car evolution check yeah all right so yeah that's a that's a 10 out of 10 now uh funness all right i don't think the discussion was all that fun because it was a 10 out of 10 because like what is there to say it's just like oh yeah yeah, it, it is. That's what this is. Yeah. Uh, that combined with the fact that the Cars movies are fun movies that are for the whole family, and Rubber is the exact opposite of for the whole family, I'm going to have to say this is like a 4 out of 10 at best. Yeah, I'll say, I'll, I'll, I fully agree that with how easy a line it was to draw, like mainly takes it down a few points, but... Robert as Mater, for me, I couldn't tell how crazy you were about that. I really enjoyed doing that specifically. And because it was so easy, I had to look for something like that to uh, like bridge the gap so we would have something to talk about. So I will say those sort of offset and give it like maybe like a six or a six out of 10 for six me. Six out of 10. All right. Yeah. So uh, and- our combined scores are uh, five out of 10 funness and uh 10 out of 10 perfect prequel yeah do we do we want to go back real quick and do the other origins and the two or the, or the other origin and then the two unofficial origins real quick or does that not sound like a fun thing to do i'm not sure what you mean do we want to give ratings to pacific rim and i sort of consider the toy story and vampires episodes to be sort of like bait like their origins before we came up with the name origin stories all right so i think we did just do pacific rim so let's go ahead and do let's do uh toy story toy story the fact that it's pixar has to bump it up at least a point or two Mm -hmm. but the fact that we have to go two or three levels of logical leap of okay people start considering cars to be toys yeah there is a system of magic in place that turns them sentient, which somehow makes them more biological. I'm going to say that actual likelihood, it's not more than like a six out of 10. Yeah, I, I was thinking like a five likelihood. I'm willing to go up to six now that you. Yeah, I, th- I think six is actually about perfect for likelihood of Toy Story. Uh, Fun. I remember having a lot of fun doing that one. Not as much fun as Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim's the most fun I've had, I -hmm. will outright say. So I'll give that like a seven. I'll give it a six. Sure. And vampires, just by virtue of it being vampires, fun-wise, it has to be high. The fact that we discovered this show 
called vampires. I'm going to go ahead and give it a 9 out of 10, because that is a wild ride, and just thinking about the implications, and also Alucard. (laughs) Yeah, I think I have to give it an 8, just because as much as I liked the show, the theory itself wasn't, like, the fun part, you know? It was just the show is bonkers. (laughs) Knowing that exists is a good thing. Yeah, I'll give it an 8 for fun. For right. likelihood, it's got to be pretty high too, though, right? I don't know, because a big point of that entire show was that it was centered around the idea of everything being vampire, werewolf nonsense, which to me says that ruins the whole idea of daytime for cars. Yeah, you know, yeah. And the fact that we don't see the cars in like transformed mode is a pretty big pretty big red flag on that i'll give it it like a four likelihood it does however introduce something i'm a big fan of which is uh the motorcycle minions and vampires so i'm gonna give it a five sure so yeah the the, who knows if we'll remember to do that in future ones but that's something i kind of wanted to establish is a a fun funness of theory and likelihood of theory rating for each of these. Sounds fair. Hopefully. Oh That's the end of the episode, for sure, right? Oh yeah. So cool. uh boy howdy, that that tire killed so many people. It's a murderous tire. Again, watch it if you want. Don't if you don't. But anyway, thank you for listening to this, our podcast that you listen to. It's a very cool thing that you do. And we super genuinely appreciate it. We really, really do. Me saying that we really, really do makes it sound like we don't. And I always get concerned I don't sound genuine and say it out loud during this part. But we do. We appreciate it. I'm going to move on to the next thing I say. Which is, if you want to send any submissions in, for example, for this weird episode we just did about the movie Rubber, you can do so on our Twitter, which is at the Kachat. Uh, or you can email us, uh, thekachat at gmail.com. We want any questions, any suggestions for any existing shows. And that can include anything. Like if you really want an autobiography about, I don't know, Mia and Tia, that'd be hard, but you can sure suggest it. And we might do it. We might not, but we appreciate you sending stuff in. John, please say stuff. I'm doing a bad job at the outro today. Remember to like, comment, subscribe, and... Uh... This week, it's okay to tell people. We're not encouraging yeah. it, but we're also not discouraging it. This week, yeah. we would, we just want to see how the uh, the cards play. Yeah, uh, we went a little too far. We'll we'll fully admit we went a little too far last week. And see, we, we didn't want to see over uh, 20,000 downloads, but I don't know if we really wanted to see that deep of a spike. We only got like 18,000, so that was weird. We got negative 18,000 downloads. We didn't. We don't even know how you guys did it. but Yeah, like all of the downloads of a lot of episodes just disappeared. And a lot of them we got negative downloads for. Which I, I guess don't... you all were uploading it. Yeah, I, I don't understand how that happened. But I mean, it's kind of cool, I think. Yeah, we got to be the first, but we did overcorrect a little bit. So tell people if you want or don't. But... I'll tell you what I'll tell you, that my name is Lucas Southworth. And I'll tell you what he'll tell you, which is his name is Lucas Southworth. 
And mine's John Bishop. Uh, until next week, don't forget to float like a Cadillac. Hey, 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 I'm Sting Like a Beam. Time.